You're listening to On the Right Road. Get ready to experience extraordinary real-life inspiration and discover valuable tools to help kids find and travel the right road in school and in life. And now, here's your award-winning host, author, singer-songwriter, producer, humanitarian, and founder of Right Road Kids. It's Paula Phillips. Right Road! Hello, everyone, and welcome to On the Right Road. I'm your host, Paula Phillips, and as always, I've got something good and positive and wonderful to say and share with you all this evening. I have a feeling that this hour is going to be really something special. Our topic this evening is all about being the one for kids, which is something that is so on my heart. It's such a big part of my calling in life, and when I hear that sentence, be the one for kids... It's really what education is all about, right? And yet somehow things are often getting so diluted sort of in a way that too often when, you know, the word education comes up, the focus is on paperwork and budgets and testing and problems and challenges and on and on and on. And what's happening is the frustrations are way too often overshadowing the joy and the challenges seem to way too often be overshadowing overshadowing the accomplishments. But underneath it all, Any of us who work with kids, when you really get down to the nuts and bolts of why we've been called to help them or or teach them or mentor them, it's because we want to be the one who makes a difference in their lives in such a way that helps them bloom and just become every bit the amazing person that they can and were meant to be. So tonight, I really want to look at getting back to the amazing basics of being the one for kids and especially how Do we as teachers and parents do that in the midst of all the challenges? Because there's nothing more important, really, in the whole world. People who are called to be the one for kids are heroes. And that includes all of you amazing Right Road friends listening. I mean, you need to be uplifted and supported and empowered. So I just pray that this hour will be a wonderful blessing for you and for your calling. So welcome to each and every one of you. As always, I'm just so happy you're here with me. And related to tonight's topic... I hope you know how much the Right Road team and I always want to be just the one for you, too. I mean, we just we love to be of service and support to you and your students however we can. So to kick off tonight's big Be the One support for you, I have tonight's first awesome On the Right Road giveaway. And all the giveaways tonight are going to have the theme one. For example, this first giveaway is going to have 100 teacher recipients, really. (laughs) And before I share about it, I want to make sure to note that I'll announce all the recipients from all of tonight's live and pre-show giveaways on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons. There are going to be so many recipients that it's going to take two days to announce them all. So make sure to check for both of those awesome announcement posts, okay? It's really important so that you know what to do if you're a recipient. And we'll get all the gifts from tonight's show out in the mail to the recipient teachers at their schools by the end of the month. So they should arrive by early December, shortly after you return, you know, after the Thanksgiving break. So here's tonight's first wonderful On the Right Road giveaway. It's, of course, open to all educators in the U.S. listening to On the Right Road right now. And first, I want to make sure to mention tonight's code word, which, of course, easy as pie, is the word one. Okay, so especially if you're not familiar how we do the giveaways on the right road, here's the scoop. 
All you have to do is call up our Right Road Kids Facebook page. Have it right there and ready so you can just refresh it. Don't wait for them to come up in your news feed. Actually go to the Right Road Kids Facebook page. Then as each giveaway pops up, the first one isn't up yet because I haven't shared about it, but as soon as I do, it's going to pop up. Then the easy entry guidelines are right there in the giveaway posts, but... You also need to type in tonight's code word one, okay? That anywhere in your entry comment, that officially enters you. It lets us know that you're listening. Okay, I hope that makes sense. So, like I mentioned, for this first giveaway, I have 100 teacher gifts. Some are smaller, like awesome sticker packs, and some are bigger, like pencil packs or dry erase marker packs. Each gift is different, so it'll be a super fun surprise for 100 teachers. So, yes, there will actually be 100 teacher recipients from this one giveaway, (laughs) and each one will receive a fun teacher surprise gift. So to enter, you can go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening. Just follow those simple entry guidelines. Actually, it's going to pop up right at 5.08. So when that clock hits 5.08, just hit the refresh button and it'll be right there for you. It'll be open until just after the end of the show, till 6.30 p.m. Pacific, 9.30 Eastern tonight. And we'll announce the 100 recipients on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Wednesday afternoon. Because there's so many and it's going to take me a while to fairly draw all the names. This one I'm going to post on Wednesday, the recipient list, okay? Special thanks to Nair, to Lori Stinas and her Keller Williams real estate team, and to Mo Anderson on behalf of Keller Williams and her beautiful A Joy-Filled Life book for helping to make this awesome giveaway possible. And believe it or not, this is just the start of the wonderful, that's going to be, (laughs) I hope I don't say that too much to bug you tonight, the wonderful giveaways. (laughs) I'll have on the show. I, you know, I think we've got another record amount of giving for you here as part of tonight's live show. So keep our Right Road Kids Facebook page close and ready. Just a quick note that if you're not listening live tonight, we're live Sunday, November 10th. Tonight's giveaways will, of course, be closed after that. And I'm looking at Marcy. Did that giveaway pop up, Mars? We all good? She's checking. Oh, we're all good to go. Okay, so. Here's the scoop, you guys. I am so thrilled to announce you all to my wonderful guest this evening. His name is Ryan Sheehy. Oh, Marcy just mentioned that she's not sure if it posted. So don't worry. She'll get it up there and posted. Um, so if it takes just another minute, don't worry, okay? So my guest this evening is Ryan Sheehy. Ryan has the unique experience of having gone to public school, private school, and homeschool as a kid, relating to his professional educational wheelhouse. For 10 years, he was a physical education teacher between 10 different elementary, middle, and high schools before then making the transition to becoming an administrator. After serving two years as a high school vice principal, he is now the principal at a California elementary school. And Ryan's key focus is his his immense dedication to kids and to inspiring educators to truly realizing the impact they have on children's lives. In 2019, uh, 2018, excuse me, Ryan penned an insightful, what I would call a must-read book for educators and parents. It's titled Be the One for Kids. And related, he travels to speak at events across the country to share about creative educational practices and how we all have the power to be the one for kids. Ryan is also married with four fantastic children who are the light of his world, he says. He's one awesome gentleman, and I am thrilled to introduce you all to Ryan Sheehy. Welcome to On the Right Road, Ryan. 
Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have the opportunity to speak to you and to educators around the world. Oh, I, I love this. And I, 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 we talked a little bit before the show started, and I knew that you were the perfect guest for this evening. And I know you've got so much to share, so I'm just going to jump right in here, Ryan. The first question I have, and I, I think I know the answer, but I want to dig a little deeper into it. Did your educational experiences growing up as a student lead you to becoming an educator? And if so, and again, I'm assuming so, how did they shape your approach to being an educator? Yeah, 100%. You know, and I, like you said in my intro, I had a very unique um, educational career. And, you know, my time in elementary school, you know, was split between going to public school and being homeschooled. And then, you know, middle school, I went off to a private Catholic school, um, K-12, 23 kids. My sixth grade class only had six kids. My brother was one of two high school students in the school. And then I went to public high school. And so I've had some very unique opportunities. And each one of them shed a little light on some different aspects in education and how we can truly reach every child. And it doesn't have to be in a traditional school building. It doesn't have to be in a private school. It doesn't have to be homeschooled. There's something out there for everyone. And so right. I've, had the, I've had that opportunity. And one of the things that I really honed in on when I started reflecting back on it is my experiences with teachers. My second grade teacher, Mrs. Lewis, she invited me back into the classroom on a time when we were off of school to sit down to have lunch and truly get to know me. And the fact that 30-something years later, I still remember that, she touched my heart. My middle school teacher, she, she went about it a little bit different way. She made connections with my family. And by, having, by building those connections with my family, she got to know who I was as a part of that family. And then my high school, one of my high school teachers, he connected with me on the basketball court and in the PE classroom, really getting out there and understanding who I was as a student and welcoming me into the school. And when I started reflecting on that, I knew that I had something to give. I knew that I, it wasn't a job for me, it was a calling for me. Right. So that's why I became an educator, because I was called into education to make a difference in the world. Well, and it sounds like you really had those handful of teachers that were really the one for you. And it's amazing how just thinking about that, a few people in our lives, a few key teachers can make all the difference. So, so Ryan, before we kind of dive more into all the hows about being the one for kids, I'm really hoping that you can define for us what does it mean to you to be the one for a child? Yeah. Do you know so- what I'm – Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. When I started thinking about be the one for kids, what does that truly mean? And like you had said, you know, I've worked at many different school sites. Um, and I started off my career as a, as a traveling physical education teacher going to six sites every week. One day I went to, would go to two sites in a day. And I'd sit down in the lunchroom and I would listen to the conversation because I wasn't really, I wasn't necessarily connected with the staff because I was only there one day a week. I would just sit and listen. And right. one of the things I always, always would hear is that teachers would want to do what, was, what was the, their neighbors were doing, what their colleagues were doing. They weren't necessarily doing what, what, kids, what the kids in their classroom needed. And so to be the one for kids, that means you're doing whatever it takes each and every day to reach that child. You're doing what it takes to motivate that child. We talk about test scores. We talk about all these different things in education, but we don't talk about how we get there. You do not get to rigor in the classroom without building relationships. Kids need to know that you believe in them. And then once they know you believe in them, then that you can have, you build that relationship where you can have conversations that lead to deeper levels of thinking, which leads to rigor, which leads to learning. 
And so Boy. everything comes back to the relationship piece. And we talk about that. We hear relationships, relationships, relationships. But how do you do it? It's time that our, that our beliefs match our actions. Too often we hear in education, we hear people share their beliefs. But then when we walk into classrooms and when we go into their schools, they're not in action. The beliefs don't match. And so to be the one for kids, our beliefs match our actions. And kids know that we believe in them. And we, they know that we're going to do whatever we can to help them succeed. Well, and it, like you said, it can't be that cookie cutter thing. And I think that's something, gosh, I think our school districts need to hear that. I think our teachers are just so, it's almost like a cloud travels around because they're expected to do everything exactly in a box as is laid out by the you know guidelines of their district. And that doesn't work, especially in today's day and age. It's like we can't be cookie cutter teachers. Every The teacher knows best what that child needs and they have to have the ability to do that. So I'm so glad that you said that so clearly and powerfully because it's such a confirmation for teachers to hear that, that they're going about it right when they're building those relationships. So Ryan, why? You know, I feel like each person in the world has a few and maybe only one, but sometimes a few key things in their life that they're just so passionate about that make their the fire burn in their heart and soul. That, that's, that's part of their calling. Why is this topic of being the one for kids so important to you? Why is that what lights your fire, and why is that your calling? You know, I wasn't, I wasn't your typical high school student. When, when I was in high school, um, I started really thinking, and even before, I started thinking about what did I want my life to be. And one of my goals in middle school and high school was to be a father, to be a husband and to be a father. And so, you know, I think that doing that and having that goal, I want the best for my kids. You you mentioned I have four kids. I I have two middle schoolers and two students in elementary school. And I came back to the district where my kids are because I'm not going to be I'm not going to be part of the problem talking about it. I'm going to be part of the solution. And so for me, it's it's important for me to help others do that for their kids. And if you walk down to the main office in my school, you'll walk down and right outside of our staff bathrooms, our, the whole wall is covered with pictures of my teachers with their families. Because oh. we all have our different whys. We all have our different whys of why we got into education and why we're doing this. But we need to be reminded that, hey, our families are what push us. Yes. Our families are why we want to change the world. And I 100% believe that educators can change the world through their teaching and through their relationships with kids. And so for me, it's important to make a better world for my own, my own children and to help now my new mission is to truly help every educator understand their impact and help them unleash their power to be the one for kids. Oh, my gosh. Goosebumps. This is awesome. So, Thank okay. You. So now I'm going to dive a little into the meat and potatoes, and I want to ask this yep. question very respectfully and gently, but it's really important, and I, I, I'm really looking forward to hearing your answer. Do you think our schools, in general, I know there's always um, lights in the world, do you yeah. think our schools in general are doing the job for kids today? Are they being the light? Are they being the one for kids in general? I, I know that's a big question. <laughs> that is a big question. That's a, that's a tough question. And, you know, 
And for me, one of the big things that I always need to do is I need to assume best intent, right? Yeah. When I sit down, when I sit down, I've sat down with educators from across the country as I travel schools and speak with districts and speak with at conferences. I sit down and I talk up to them about why why did you get into education? Why are you there? And I, I'm going to tell you right now, most of the time, 99% of the time, people get into education with a pure heart, with a, with yes. the right intentions. However, throughout their time. They don't change. They decide not. They, they figure out what's worked for one year, and they run their class. Well, the reality is our kids are changing each and every year. How we reach those kids need to change each and every year. Yes. And education, is, education is tough. Education, the demands in education are tough, and I totally understand that. And I respect educators for being able to, to go through it. However, I promise every educator out there, if you make relationships a priority and you make your kids a priority, you will gain more time in your classrooms. I hear that. That is one of the biggest barriers that I hear. I don't have enough time. I promise you, if you build relationships, relationships are going to decrease classroom management problems. They're going to increase students paying attention. They're going to increase the, com- the, the depth of knowledge conversations in your classroom, allowing you to proceed through your content that, you, that I know school districts are mandating, making sure that measuring teacher performance on I, I know that piece. However, it's not as hard as it seems to be able to dedicate some time to build those relationships because then once we spend that time and we invest our time, you're, you're going to gain more time in the end. Oh, my gosh. Um, so I, that's I, what I I've think, always said. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. I do, I do, think, that, I do think that it's happening in our schools. Do I think um, it's happening as much as I want? No, it's not. And I think that's where the important piece is, that the educators that are doing it, I, I'm going to challenge you tonight to go out and share with your colleagues because not everybody's connected. Not everybody's listening to radio shows. Not everybody's connecting and using social media to feel that inspiration, to be inspired, to be out there and do better. The reality is if, we are, if we're in our own silo, it's hard. It's yes. hard because we get frustrated and we get, we get beat down with our day-to-day things that are happening in our lives. And it's hard to check that at the door and to walk into school and to be your best. I'm going to challenge you, though. If you're doing that, share that with your colleagues. Share what you're doing. Inspire them to be better because if we can get whole schools to do that, we're going to change the district. If we can get one school out of a large district to do it, then guess what? Everybody's going to be looking and saying, what are you doing there? What are you guys drinking at that school to make this happen, to change the transformation? They're going to want whatever you're doing. And I think that's, the, that's what we need to do, that grassroots effort. And we really need to just connect with each other and share our experiences and learn from each other. Well, and I love how you said it's so important to realize that one year, we're not talking just one decade, one year yeah. to the next can, can be completely different. So you, you really have to start ground zero each year. What do the, does this group of students need? And, and you mentioned connection, and this is so interesting because just before the show started, I saw a, a Facebook post and it said this, oh my gosh, this is light, light bulb lightning moment. It said our brains are wired for connection, like you were just talking about, Ryan, but yeah. trauma rewires them for protection. That's why healthy relationships are difficult for wounded people. And what's happening from previous shows I've done, 75% of our kids, and that's a, that's a, I'm picking that number out of the air, but that's what I would say, 
75% of our kids are dealing with some kind of trauma in their life. So it's not as easy as when we were kids to make that connection as teachers with our kids because they're 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 trying to just be in this protection mode. But but when I read that, it a light bulb went off and I understood, oh my gosh, this is why. So it's not you, teachers. It's not something you're doing wrong. It's just this is the way our world is right now. So the amount of work that, like you said, Ryan, that we have to put into the relationships, if we don't do that, it's going to, it's just, we're not going to be able to reach our kids. We have to. The relationship building, the connection building is key to life and and it's key to education. So, okay, Ryan, I want to make sure we have tons of time to talk about your book here. First of all, I love how it's written. It clearly comes from your heart. I mean, and all of your experience in in education and it's laid out in these two to three page chapters that teachers each from the heart, they share one way to be the one for kids. I mean, Ryan, you really break it down into these bite-sized components of the big picture that we can really digest and build upon. And what I'd like to do is talk about as many of the chapters and concepts that you share that we can this evening. So let's start with this one, if it's okay. What you say, one of your chapters is on to be the one who knows kids' stories. What does that mean to you and why is it so important? And I know you touched upon it a minute ago, but I really want to hear your full circle answer to this question because it's it's just awesome. Kids want us to know who they are. Kids, and I, and I shared, you know, at the beginning how I had three teachers that really got to know who I was. They right. got to know my story. Um, I'm going to share a story with you. As a, as a vice principal of a high school, um, one day I open up the door to the office and I hear screams coming from the back. And if you've ever worked in a public high school, that's not atypical, right? That, that loud screams going on. However, I walk right. around and there's, there's, a, there's this girl, this, this sophomore, with scratches down her face and she's bleeding, hair's disheveled. She's visibly upset, visibly she's been in a fight. And I walk over to my office and I open up the door and I, I say, hey, have a seat. And I, I close the door and I walk out. And I just give her some time to decompress and to calm down. And then I walk in there and I sit down and I say, hey, what's going on? And she talks about the reasons of why she got in a fight. I say, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. That's not what I meant. What's going on with you? Tell me about yourself. And by me asking that question, she opened up to me. She opened up and she started to tell me about how her dad died when she was really young. Her mom remarried a man that was abusive to her. The, the stepdad went to prison. She got taken out of the home and put into foster, foster care. And she's been Ugh. jumping around from house to house, from foster home to foster home. And all I did was ask a question. Yes. All I did was take a moment to learn this girl's story. And from that day on, every single day, she started off her day in my office. Oh, that's so awesome. We built a connection. We built an opportunity to just have conversation. Now, I didn't change her life, but I was part of it. I was part of it, and I feel like by getting to know who she was as an individual... I was going to be able to help her. Now, she did not have a flawless high school career. There were still issues that came up. She, she had experienced trauma. She had been going through that, but she needed somebody who believed in her. She needed somebody who knew her story, who could understand that. And she, she's now graduated from high school. She's in college trying to become a judge to help kids just like her. Oh, now, like oh I my said, gosh. I didn't, I didn't do that, but I learned her story and I gave her an outlet. And once that happened, things changed. A light bulb went on for her. 
She understood that people believed in her. Even though I knew her story, I still believed in her. And for kids, kids need that. And yes. kids need that from, from preschool all the way up to 12th grade and beyond. Absolutely. And we need to make sure that our, we're sitting down, learning our kids' stories. And I know, like we talked about, it's tough. That time aspect is tough. And so you need to figure out what works for you. Like I said before, I had teachers who brought me in to have lunch. I, I had teachers that got to know me through my parents. And I had teachers that went out on the recess on the blacktop and shot, shot, played basketball, shot around. So we, you need to find what works for you. Not everything that I've done is going to work for you, but I promise you, at least you're going to find at least one thing that I've done that you're going to be able to do, and you're going to be able to implement in your classroom, in your school, that you're going to truly get to understand and get to know your, your kids that you're serving. Well, and knowing their stories is part of that relationship. It's like it's like digging deep to build a relationship because once you know somebody's story, it, you know, the light bulb goes off and you understand so much of, of why they're having trouble learning or why this is going on in your classroom. Oh, my gosh, Ryan, I love this. So, so often today, you know, people question others' motives and methods. I mean, unfortunately, with all the scams and crazy things happening in the world, we do have to question so many things. And in the case of teaching, you know, like everything else, it's kind of getting out of control. I mean, administration and written rules and thinking about political correctness, I mean, it can all make things crazy impossible. It can make it impossible to change a lesson plan or try teaching a method outside of the box without yeah. being blasted as a teacher. And in your book, I know this is, is a little bit of a long introduction to this question, but in your book, you talk about the importance of understanding what we're doing and why we're doing it. And you share that you make every decision around what's best for kids and it that in each case, you're ready to explain to those who question why you do things the way you do. I think this is a key thing for teachers to hear. I absolutely love that. How can teachers best be ready to effectively and succinctly share the why they do things to really put the kibosh right away on the naysayers without it taking up so much time and energy trying to defend themselves? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. And I think what it comes back to is intentionality. We need, to, we need to stop doing things spur of the moment. We need to be intentional and plan what we're doing. And when we take that opportunity to reflect on our practices and to reflect on, hey, you know what, what am I going to tweak? What am I going to do that's a little bit off the wall? And why am I doing that? Once you, once you plan that and you're strategic in your planning and you're strategically intentional, then anybody that walks in and, and sees what you're doing and questions you, you're going to have an answer for them. You're gonna, right. And, Honestly, if when I do off-the-wall things and somebody comes out from the outside and looks in, what I ask them to do is don't look at me. Don't look at what I'm doing. I want you to look at my kids. Yes. I want you to see what's happening with them. And if you can tell me that what they're doing isn't, what isn't in their best interest, then let's talk. And if yes. not, let me do what I'm doing. And that's and- hard. And I know that's hard. And I know that there's going to be teachers listening to this that aren't necessarily in buildings with that same kind of culture where they, um, they might feel like there is some punitive things. And, when it, and honestly, when I encounter that, what I, would, I always offer is, hey, give your administrators my, num- my, my information. Let's, let's, con- let's connect because I'd love to talk to them about why they're doing things the way they're doing. However, at some point, you need to look and say, hey, is this the best place for me? Is this where I'm going to be able to grow as an individual and I'm going to really be able to push the envelope? So I look right. at it in two different ways. Is Yes, we can work with our administrators. We can work with our district systems and try to push, push their thinking and try to 
show them the light. But ultimately, if it's not, if you continue to do that and it's toxic, you're gonna, it's that's gonna rub off on you, and you need to figure out, hey, how can I combat that? Do I need to take a step back? Do I need to move right. to change schools? Because I promise you, there are so many, so many amazing things happening in every single one of our schools in this country. But I know that there's negative things happening in each one of them as well, and so we just have to balance those and make sure that our priorities are on our kids. And now sometimes when our priorities are on our kids, that does mean that we need to take care of our teachers because our teachers are serving our kids. And so, you know, that's going to look different things, but making sure that we're intentional with our actions and intentional with our decision-making and being strategic about everything we do. Well, and I, something that just, I mean, having all these light bulb moments here, something that just struck me is that when you have that mindset, when you're ready with your why, you know, for a, a quick, this is why I'm doing it, look at my kids. You don't have to apologize. I think so many, so many educators feel like they need to apologize when they try something new. And with this mindset that you're talking about, you don't need to apologize. You can say it very matter-of-factly, and there it is. They can see it in the kids. And that changes your mindset from being all freaked out and, oh, my gosh, am I doing – is this approved? Is it, you know – oh, my yeah. gosh, I love this. So I, before I have, you know, ask you a million more questions, Ryan, I have another awesome Be The One-related giveaway for you all teachers right. <laughs> so stay with me ryan okay so this okay. giveaway number two for tonight it's open to of course all educators in the u.s listening to on the right road right now i have get this five copies of ryan Sheehy's. that's my guest tonight ryan Sheehy. i have five copies of his wonderful be the one for kids book and drum roll i have four Amazon gift cards. How awesome is this, you guys? So each recipient will receive either a Be The One For Kids book or a $100 Amazon gift card. And I have to say, from the bottom of my heart, that Ryan's book is awesome. It's really one of those must-reads for every teacher and parent. So to enter for all of this giving fund, the books and the $100 Amazon gift cards, just go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening. Just follow those simple entry guidelines in the giveaway post. Remember, you guys, to include tonight's code word ONE. O-N-E, as part of your entry comment, even if you included it in tonight's earlier giveaway, okay? This post, it should be up on our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now, so just hit the refresh button. It'll be open until just after the end of the show, till 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern tonight, and we'll announce the nine recipients on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon. Great big thanks to Ryan Sheehy for donating the five copies of his book, and to Lori Stinas and her Keller Williams real estate team, and to Mo Anderson on behalf of Keller Williams and her wonderful A Joy-Filled Life book for helping to make this fantastic giveaway possible. So, Ryan, oh my gosh, I have a bajillion other questions here. I hardly know where to start. Um, I'm just going to dive right back in. Another thing you share in your book is this, and I'm going to quote here. We must celebrate all achievements. Nothing can go unnoticed. Now, this phrase here is not the same idea as everyone receiving a trophy, right? It's really about being the one who makes kids truly feel special and valued and uplifted, correct? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, so, you know, when we look at education, not not all kids are going to be the ones that are standing on a stage at graduation giving that speech. And I think that we need to look at their educational career, and celebrate the moments where they are doing amazing things. 
I know that a lot of educators come from homes where they have a traditional family. And I know some don't, but I know for me, I did. I came from a, a very loving home with two parents that are still married, and there's eight kids in my family. And so I had a pretty traditional upbringing where parents celebrated me. Yes. I'm going to tell you right now, our kids in today, today's society don't have that. Right. Divorce is, uh, divorce is ramping up. Kids are, don't, are not being, um, they're sitting in daycares for long hours. They're barely seeing their parents because their parents are trying to provide for them. So I look at that and I say, hey, how can we celebrate the accomplishments of kids? Just recently, um, I was visiting one of my first grade classrooms on my campus, and um, we have a student who's been struggling academically, really um, struggling, not understanding um, how to read, not looking, not she can't memorize different uh, words or sight words, and one day it clicked for her. Oh. And the teacher saw the light bulb moment, and she called me over, and we celebrated that moment with this child, and she went from ear to ear, smiling. And to that is me, so awesome. It takes moments like that to get kids hooked on education, to get kids hooked on saying, hey, you know what? I do have a shot. I, I can right. make it. Right. Because right now, they don't, not everybody has that. Not every teacher celebrates these kids. But you need to take the opportunity to celebrate even the small things so that sometime they do get, a, they do get acknowledged for the wonderful things they're doing. Kids are kids. They come to us to learn. They don't come to us fully developed. They don't come to us knowing all the answers. And it's hard because sometimes we, we hold them to that accountability piece that you should know all this. You should be practicing this with your parents. You should be practicing this at home. However, sometimes our kids are going home to homes with no food, no yes. electricity, no, no, no support. And so I look around at that and I say, how can we celebrate kids to make them know that, hey, you know what? I love them and I want the best for them and share that with them so then in return they know we believe in them. And then once they know that we believe in them, we're, that's where the magic can happen. Well, and, and the, I think the important thing to remember with all of this is that it, those little things, it's those little things that we acknowledge. Like, you know, Susan, my goodness, your handwriting's amazing. You know, yeah. or Johnny, oh my gosh, when I was walking back from the teacher's lounge to the class after lunch, I noticed you made that free throw shot. Wow. You know what I mean? It's those things that that just that kids don't think we're even looking at. It's even those tiny little comments that can change their lives and help them feel that specialness and love. And that that one comment about a basketball, for example, can yeah. can change the trajectory of that kid's life if we think about it. I mean, how awesome. So I'm sorry I'm kind of zooming ahead here, Ryan, because, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Can I jump in there real quick? Yeah. You touched on something something very important to me, is when we praise kids, we need to be specific with our praise. We can't just be saying, hey, good job, because when we're developing kids' mindsets, we're looking at, we want to develop a growth mindset for kids. And when you look at looking at ways to develop that growth mindset, one of the most important thing is giving specific praise. Not just saying, hey, good job, Ryan, but hey, good job on your handwriting. I really like the way that you, you know, you use your lines or whatever it may be. But that's being specific with praise. And by just the little things, those little phrases are going to happen. My mom's 
one of my mom's friends that I didn't really know. My mom would go to her and talk about, hey, Ryan's behavior is off or something, and they would talk about it. One day, and I remember when I was, I was about eight years old, she came to me, and she said, Ryan, I know you're going to do great things with your life. I know that there's some struggles that happen at home, but I've told your mom, I know that you, there's something great in your future. And to oh. me, and she didn't really, you know, that she didn't know me necessarily, but she knew me through my mom. But her phrase of saying that, the fact that it stuck with me all these years, and I said, shoot, what, what is it that I'm supposed to be living up to? What is, what's this greatness thing? When am I going to find it? When am I going to do that? So those little things, those little celebrations can change kids' trajectories. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Uh, goosebumps. This is, this is amazing. Now, you also write about, Ryan, uh, you know, about the times in your life when you've been silent, you know, when you didn't stand up or speak up, and you shared that those are the moments that you've regretted in your life. So, in this climate of just in our world of intense scrutiny and stress and being asked to speak and teach within, you know, a very small box sometimes so as not to upset the apple cart or, or upset any of the apples yeah. in any way without heck to pay, you know? How do yeah. we, this is a big question, how do we as teachers and parents effectively stand up and speak up in a constructive, positive way that will be heard do you know, without just having this stress and this burden all the time? So there's nobody that's going to be a bigger advocate for your kids than you. And I think right. that's important to remember. And, you know, and that's for parents and teachers, is that we must advocate for our kids. And we must continue to advocate for them. We need to do that in a respectful manner. And it is. It's tricky because with systems and, and how systems are designed and with, with the politics and education it's something that you have to be very careful and navigate to make sure that you're not doing more harm than you're than than good and so for me it's always being able to have that respectful dialogue with people um when you get when i have conversations with people people know by now that i'm pretty i'm 100 percent straightforward i'm 100 percent. i'm going to tell you what i believe what i believe should happen and this is what i think should happen now i'll tell you right now do I always win my, um, when I advocate for things? No, I do not. But do I give up on them? No, I do not. And right. so I will, I will, hey, you know what? If you're going to say no to this, let me rephrase it. Let me, let me see what can I switch? What's the part about it that you don't like? And let me see how can we work together to make sure that my kids are doing, getting what they need. And I know I've done that as a parent as well. And as a parent who's a, being a principal and being a parent in the same district where my kids are, is, is a little bit of a fine balance because I got to be careful that I'm not ruffling too much while also making sure that I'm advocating for my kids. And so for me, it's 100% student focus, 100% kid focus to making sure, hey, if, let me, how can I help you to help me help my kids? And working as a, as a team aspect rather than one person's responsibility. Life is a team sport, and if we're all on the same team, our kids are going to win. Well, online. and I think, I think when, as you've been talking here, the two words that popped out at me are be an advocate and be respectful. So it's like if we think about whether we're on the parent end or whether we're on the teacher end, whether we have to deal with a huge problem, whatever it is, be, respect, be, a, be a respectful advocate. 
You know, yeah. that respect goes a long way. I see parents, you know, I had to deal with something at my son's high school this the last couple of weeks, which was a big challenge. Things just happen sometimes. They're, the schools are so big. There's so many issues that happen. And, and I see parents going screaming at the administration. Nothing's going to get done if you scream on, on either side as the educator or the parent. So my husband and I went in and we you know, our whole thing was we're going to be respectful and it moves mountains. Mountains were moved in a week, yes. you know. So so here's the next question. We're talking about parents here. How can parents best be the one for their children? By never giving up on their kids. By never, by making sure that their kids believe in, they, they, their kids know that they believe in them and being an active part in their education. Um, I think those those are the really things that stick out to me. Um, too often, you know, we're a, we're, schools are being almost forced to be the parents to these kids right. um, because parents are busy and par- our parents are, honestly, they're lazy sometimes and don't want to do that. So I think that the parents need to realize, hey, you know what? Sometimes a parent is, you have to make the hard decision. We're not here. We're not friends. And that's what I'm, one of the things I'm seeing more and more of is that we, parents are pacifying our kids rather than, um, loving and interacting with our kids. Yeah. We'll go out, you know, we'll go out to dinner and we'll see, you know, I'll see families with one kid and the kid is sitting there on a gaming device while the adults are looking at their phones. And there's, yes. no, interaction, there's no interaction there, right? Now, I love my kids more than anything, but I'm not their best friend. I am one that will discipline them because discipline comes from the word disciple, which means to teach. And my job is a as a teacher and my job as an educator and my job as a parent is to teach my kids, to teach my kids that, hey, when you do this, this happens. When you do this, there might be a consequence. When you do this, growth, we see growth. And so parents, I strongly urge you to make sure your kids know that you love them, that you believe in them, and they know that you'll provide a structure for them to succeed. Kids thrive with structure. Parents, yes. it's hard to create structure. It takes time. You can't just give up. You know, it's almost like um, those times when my, I remember when my kids were young, they'd be climbing out of their crib and they would take off. Or the first day that they moved into a toddler bed, they'd get up maybe 175 times in a night. And my wife and I would be standing right outside the door the first three times. You know, we would talk to them as we tucked them back in. But then after that, they knew they ran out. We picked them up. We put them back. It was silent. You know, we continued to do that. Those were trying times. I was tired. I wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> I did not want to stand there, right? However, I created that structure with them that they knew, hey, when mom and dad say this, they mean this. And when yes. they say that, and they know that, what, I, what I'm trying to do is help them and provide for them. And so I think when we create those structures in our families, in our homes, our kids win. And when our kids win and our kids get what they need from a, from a primal level at home, they're going to come to school ready to learn and ready to, and ready to rock and roll. Well, and I think that goes for the classroom, too. As you were just talking, I'm like, that structure is what they need in the classroom. So setting that up from the get-go, you know, as a teacher, you know, we don't speak that way in this classroom or whatever it is. And it might take several times with some kids to know this is how we function in this classroom. But the the end result of all that hard work is just like you said at the beginning, the learning that can take place throughout the school year is just exponential. So, oh, my gosh, Ryan, I cannot believe. But the, the hour is just 
just zooming by here. I just I want to thank you so much for being with here with us here. I mean, I feel like we've just touched the tip of the iceberg on this whole wonderful yes. topic. But thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here and for everything that you shared. You're just you're a blessing in the world, and I think your mission of sharing you know your message with educators that they can be the one for kids is is crucial in our world. Educators need to be uplifted and reminded of that every day of how special and impactful that they are. So thank you so much, Ryan. You're awesome. You're so welcome. Well, and you guys, please, please check out Ryan Sheehy's book. It's Again, it's called Be the One for Kids. You can find it just by Googling Ryan Sheehy. His last name is S-H-E-E-H-Y. Be the One for Kids on Amazon or visit Ryan's website, which is ryansheehy.us. And the link is there to purchase it or connect with Ryan. Um, So check that out, you guys. Ryan is amazing. He's got so many wonderful resources and so much to share. And as I always want to make sure to do, thank you so much to our amazing On the Right Road sponsors, Right Road Kids, Right Road Productions, Nair, SeatSack, the Southern California DCH, Audi, Honda, Ford, Lexus, and Toyota car dealerships and their support companies, Jackie and the Just Shop with Jackie Facebook group, Lori Stinas and her Keller Williams Real Estate team and of course Mo Anderson on behalf of Keller Williams and her extraordinary A Joy-Filled Life book. Hey you guys, reminder to mark your calendars for Sunday December 8th. That's our next live on the Right Road show date and guess what you guys I have a bonus huge opportunity for you. This is a biggie. It's one of the couple times each year that I do this extra special thing to share a special blessing and gift opportunity with as many of you as possible teachers while also giving back to our amazing Right Road Angel sponsor, Mo Anderson. As many of you know, Mo has written a life-changing book called A Joy-Filled Life. It's a book that has been truly life-changing in my life personally and for Right Road Kids. And like I said, I only do this a couple of times each year. Mo doesn't know when I do it, nor does she ask me to do it. But today is one of those days. It's just perfect with the holidays coming up. If you're looking for a special gift for your teacher friends or for anyone really, or if you just you know are looking for that perfect inspirational book to read over the break yourself, here's the scoop, you guys. Take a look at the Mo Anderson's A Joy-Filled Life book, I call it a purchasing post that I put up on our Right Road Kids Facebook page earlier today. Here's the scoop. Every educator to purchase Mo's book today, November 10th, 2019, and let me know that you did on that post, will receive a free $30 school supply gift pack for each copy of the book they purchase via paperback or Kindle. So if you purchase three copies and let me know you did, you'll receive three $30 gift packs. And you guys, the Kindle is only eight bucks. And as of right now, there's still a credit button you can click for $5 you know, like a, a coupon. So it's only, the Kindle is only $3 today. Oh my gosh, the book's amazing. It's an awesome holiday gift. It's just an, an amazing inspirational read. And the details are all right there in the post, you guys. Just scroll down a few posts on our Right Road Kids Facebook page to find the picture with Mo Anderson's A Joy-Filled Life book. Plus, I'm also going to drive draw five names at random from all the educators who purchased Mo's book today and let me know they did. Again, check out the post for the easy details. And each of these five will receive an awesome 25-count class set of the most amazing school supply pouches from SeatSack, in addition to their $30 school supply gift pack or packs. Plus, 
I'm going to add one more bonus for those of you listening in honor of my amazing guest, Ryan Sheehy, tonight. If you also purchase Ryan Sheehy's Be the One for Kids book tonight, and let me know you did in your comment on the Mo post, I'll turn your $30 school supply gift pack, or one of them, if you purchase more than one of Mo's books, into a $50 school supply gift pack. I just really want to make sure you have these amazing book resources to be a wonderful support to you in your extraordinary work uplifting kids, while also receiving some supplies to support you and your students in your classroom. So if I could give each and every one of you educators the world, I would. And I feel like this is just a tiny little way that I can. And this whole opportunity will be open until 11.59 p.m. Pacific tonight, Sunday, November 10th. And we'll announce the 525 Count Seat Sack School Supply Pouch recipients on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon. And the Right Road team and I will follow up with each of you who purchased Mo's book or books by jotting a reply note to your comment on the Mo post on our Right Road Kids Facebook page within the next day or so, so you'll know we saw it and have your gift pack or packs on the docket to go out to you, okay? So, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Now, as I always like to make sure to close the show with, I have a couple of nuggets for you to take into the week and into the rest of the school year relating to tonight's show. Number one, we have a crisis happening in our world right now. And that crisis is the fact that in general, we're forgetting how to be the one for anyone anymore. And I know that statement is a huge generalization. There are so many amazing people doing amazing things in the world. But at the same time, we can see and feel the lack of being the oneness all around us every day. And on some days, that lacking, that hole in the soul of our day-to-day living can envelop you and swallow you up. I mean, when I go to the store, a checkout clerk can almost seem annoyed to have customers in line. The the paperwork we sometimes have need to just accomplish even the simplest tasks, like setting up a dentist appointment, it can be overwhelming and so impersonal that you want to pull your hair out. It, drivers on the road can barely wait a half second before a person is honking, you know, because someone turned a corner too slowly. Making a phone call to reach a service representative can take an, a half hour of pushing buttons. And being transferred all over the place, you know, from one pre-record message to another, which is enough to drive you nuts before you even reach a real person if you even can. The thing is, the difference it makes when someone is kind or a company is in person and personal is really off the charts life-changing. My husband and I went to our local Baja Fresh restaurant on a Halloween evening to grab a bite to eat together. (laughs) My son was out trick-or-treating with his buddies. And I remember the gal behind the counter had a real conversation with me. It was short. You know, it was just part of my ordering process. But I actually remember how nice she was. And I left there with a smile on my face and thinking about it now because that one person was friendly and helpful and she connected to me in some small way that made a difference in my day. And as I thought about it more later that evening, I realized why in the world Does that need to be such a significant standout? Why isn't that the case all or at least most of the time? Why do I leave places feeling like I don't, you know, that people don't even give a hoot about me more often than not? It's it's because our society has neglected being the one for each other for so long that not being the one has become commonplace and that's not okay. We have got to get back to a world where we are the one for each other on a daily basis so that it's not a life-changing anomaly 
but rather that it becomes the standard way to reach out to each other and to live in the world. I just feel this is something that we all need to think about. Of course, being the one for our kids each day, but also being the one for each other, not only for our own health and well-being, but also as we model it for our kids. And number two, in terms of being the one for our kids, the buck has to stop being passed. I mean, excuses at this point just aren't acceptable. These are our kids, our future, the world's future. I saw something on Facebook recently, and I jotted down uh, the title of the article. It read, Trauma is not your fault, but healing is your responsibility. And my mind went to several different things. First, that's a powerful statement as it relates to any challenge any one of us will face. It's so powerful. Even if we've been through hacking back with something, we still have the power and ownership to heal and move forward and become even more of who we are meant to be just through the experience. But secondly, my mind went to how it relates to being the one for kids. And yep, we're overwhelmed, we're overworked, we're underpaid. Yes, the days are way too long. Appreciation isn't always what it should be. The challenges and what's on you know our plate are far too real and too many. But if our kids don't have the one in their lives... What in the world is it all for? If we're going to do this, whatever our job, whatever our calling in education is, we've got to do it and find a way to be the one. We can't have the main focus always on the problems. I mean, 90% of our time and energy has to be focused on being the one. And if that's not the case... If only 5% is focusing on the kids, then we must change things. Today, each of us, the trauma, the drama may not be our fault, but the healing, the teaching is our responsibility. So that sentence that I read, trauma is not your fault, but healing is your responsibility, can be changed to drama is not your fault, but teaching is your responsibility. I really like that. The buck stops here with each one of us, with the kids we're teaching today. We can complain, we can feel bogged down, or we can quit, we can, or, like we always tell our kids, you know, we can rise up and do what we need to do to be the one. Oh my gosh, I love this. Uh, I'm so sorry, I'm just speeding through this tonight. I've only got a few minutes here left. I just hope with all my heart that this program tonight has been just an hour in your life that's been a light, where you felt that someone, that my very special guest Ryan and I have been the one for you in some way every day. I pray that Right Road in some way, shape, or form is the one in your life. And to close things out this evening, here's another wonderful On the Right Road giveaway for you all. You Remember, you guys, to check our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons for the long list of recipients from all of tonight's free show and live broadcast giveaways. So this third giveaway, it's open to all educators in the U.S. listening to On the Right Road right now. Hold on to your hats. I have four $1,000 retail value Nair school supply gift packs and five $100 seat sack gift certificates. So there will be nine teacher recipients and each one will receive either a $100 seat sack gift certificate or a $1,000 retail value Nair school supply gift pack. So to enter, just go to our Right Road Kids Facebook page right now as you're listening. Just follow those simple entry guidelines in the giveaway post and remember to include tonight's code word one as part of your entry comment, even if you included it in tonight's earlier giveaways, okay? And for this giveaway, please also include the grade level and subjects you teach so that if you're one of the NAIR gift pack recipients, we can order supplies that will best support you and your students in classrooms, okay? So this this giveaway is 
posted right now on our, our Right Road Kids Facebook page. And we'll, it's open till 7 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern tonight. And we'll announce those nine recipients on our Right Road Kids Facebook page this coming Tuesday afternoon. Mountains of thanks to Nair and Seatsack and Lori Stinas and her Keller Williams real estate team. And of course, to Mo Anderson on behalf of Keller Williams and her extraordinary A Joy-Filled Life book for helping to make this absolutely awesome giveaway possible. Once again, you guys, tons of thanks to Ryan Sheehy for being my amazing guest here on The Right Road. Thanks to Marcy for the awesome behind-the-scenes support. Thanks to my awesome engineer, Ryan, and the whole Voice America family. And blessings, love, and light, and thanks to each and every single one of you listening. In case you missed any part of this evening's show or would like to share it with friends and family, you know this episode will be available to listen to or download for free, and I think this is an awesome one to share with your whole school school community, and as I've been doing, I'll post the link to it on our Right Road Kids Facebook page within about a half hour after we wrap up here in case you missed any part of it or would like to share it. And watch for the Click and Listen giveaway for this episode on our Right Road Kids Facebook page next weekend. Even if you're listening now, you can still click and listen and enter that giving fun. Remember, you guys, that the next Live on the Right Road show will be here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel on Sunday, December 8th. And in between our Live on the Right Road broadcasts, you can always connect with us on our Right Road Kids Facebook page and via our our website at rightroadkids.org. Hey, you guys, as I always like to close with, always remember that you are special, appreciated, and loved. Until next time, Sunday, December 8th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern, here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Be that daily, positive, bold, empowered inspiration for the kids in your life and live your best, most amazing life on the right road. Wishing you a million joy-filled ways to do the one, one of the most amazing things in the world, and that is to be the one for kids. I love you all so much. Mwah! Thank you for listening to On the Right Road with your host, Paula Phillips. Connect with us anytime at www.rightroadkids.org or at Right Road Kids on Facebook. And we'll catch you again here every first and third Sunday of the month at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Right Road. Right Road.